0: O God, our Father, open our ears and enlighten our minds as we study your word. So grant that our minds may know your truth and our hearts may feel your love and then confirm and strengthen our will so that we may go out to live what we have learned through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So far in our series on what disciples do, we've considered how disciples of Jesus Christ first take faith seriously, seek the lost, and resist greed. Well, today we focus on how disciples practice generosity. Our reading comes from the first letter to Timothy, and first in Second Timothy and the letter to Titus, these three books are known as the pastoral letters. They, they give guidance in organizing Christian communities in ways that reflect right doctrine and confront the challenges that were brought by rival teachers. But as you remember, this series is not about what disciples believe, but what disciples do. So listen now for the word of God in 1 Timothy chapter six beginning at the sixth verse actually godliness is a great source of profit when it is combined with being happy with what you already have we didn't bring anything into the world and so we can't take anything out of it we'll be happy with food and clothing but people who are trying to get rich fall to temptation, they are trapped by many stupid and harmful passions that plunge people into ruin and destruction. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some have wandered away from the faith and have impaled themselves with a lot of pain because they made money their goal. But as for you, Man of God, run away from all these things. Instead, pursue righteousness, holy living, faithfulness, love, endurance, and gentleness. Compete in the good fight of faith. Grab hold of eternal life. You were called to it, and you made a good confession of it in the presence of many witnesses. I command you in the presence of God, who gives life to all things in Christ Jesus, who made the good confession when testifying before Pontius Pilate. Obey this order without fault or failure until the appearance of our Lord Jesus Christ. The timing of this appearance is revealed by God alone who is the blessed and only master, the King of kings and Lord of lords. He alone has immortality and lives in light that no one can come near. No human being has ever seen or is able to see him. Honor and eternal power belong to Him. Amen. Tell people who are rich at this time not to become egotistical and not to place their hope on their finances, which are uncertain. Instead, they need to hope in God who richly provides everything for our enjoyment. Tell them to do good, to be rich in the good things they do, to be generous. And to share with others, when they do these things, they will save a treasure for themselves that is a good te- good foundation for the future. That way, they can take hold of what is truly life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. O oh Lord, may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight our rock, and our redeemer. Let me ask you a question. How generous are you? Now, just pretend I'm one of those reporters you see on TV news conferences so I can ask a follow-up question. How generous would your friends and family say you are? And just one more follow-up question. How generous would the nameless people in life, the ones you encounter all along the way, but you just have a nodding acquaintance with, how generous a Christian would they say you are? You remember what I told you before, what an acquaintance, the difference from an acquaintance and a friend, an acquaintance is someone you know well enough to borrow from, but not well enough to lend to how generous would they say you are well the first verse of our texts first verses actually have four cautions for disciples the first caution is godliness combined with being happy with what you already have is the goal it is the goal because that's the way to avoid the pitfalls and unhappiness of greed and envy now, Sometime back we talked about how envy is the only one of what are called the cardinal sins, the big sins, the only one that doesn't involve any pleasure for the sinner. Well, the second caution is that we didn't bring anything into this world and we're not going to take anything out. Or as in Genesis 3, God says to Adam this way, By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread until you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken you are dust and to dust you shall return well the third caution is riches are seductive the problem is that when we when we want more and get more we tend to want more and more and more and more we get to be like that farmer you may have heard about said i don't want all the land i just want all the land that touches mine <laughs> the fourth caution is one of the most misquoted verses in the Bible, so listen carefully. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Not money is the root of all evil, but loving money. Loving money is an enemy of the life of faith. It leads you off the path of discipleship. As Jesus said in, well, in Luke 16, but also in Matthew 6, no one, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be loyal to one and have contempt for the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. The last three verses are a reading from the sixth chapter of 1 Timothy are warnings to the wealthy. Now before you say, oh, I'm safe, I'm not wealthy. Well, we're not, not a one of us in here would say, oh, I'm wealthy. But compared to the most of the world, we are. If you look at average income of so many countries of the world, it's so far lower than we have in a month. It's amazing. We are wealthy. Well, first, we're told not to get too egotistical and haughty. Second, we're told not to place our hope on finances, which are uncertain. Instead, we need to hope in God, who provides everything for our enjoyment. The 18th verse of our reading from Timothy says, for followers of Jesus to do good, to be rich in the good things we do, to be generous, share with others. You ever thought about what does generosity mean? Well, the Oxford English Dictionary tells us that the word generosity came from Latin roots that roughly mean your mama raised you right. Well, actually, that's not what it says. In very proper English, they say, generosity originally meant character or conduct, characteristic or befitting a person of noble birth, especially nobility of spirit. Now, in a weakened sense, it's willingness to lay aside resentment, to forgive injuries, magnanimity, fair-mindedness. Or if you want to go to the more plain-spoken Webster's, they say that it's the quality of being kind, understanding, and not, not selfish. The quality of being generous, especially willingness to give money or other valuable things to others. To be willing to share unselfishly requires two things. First, it takes kindness, and second, not being tied down by our possessions so you would think that we Christians would be very generous people right well I'm sorry to tell you but not according to the research I read one study that showed that one out of five Christians in this country the United States one in five 20% give nothing to charity nothing And 80% who do give about, on an average, one or two percent, which is a long way from that tithe, right? So why is that? Well, some believe that our consumer culture creates such pervasive, unrelenting, discontent with what we have that in in order to motivate us to buy more and more. Here's the problem. If you spend on yourself first, there's usually not much left to share. For us to be generous, we need to believe and claim the promise that Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians that God has the power to provide you with more than enough of every kind of grace. That way you'll have everything you need always and in everything to provide more than enough for every kind of good work. Part of what what keeps us from sharing is we fear scarcity. You know, last week we had this big gas panic. Oh, what are we gonna do if we can't get gas? Well, we'll stay home or we'll walk. (laughs) But it made people wanna rush out and get some more, right? Being tightwads is not the only way we're stingy. We're stingy with our time. You know, wealth is distributed very unevenly. I saw something that said the top 60 the 60 richest people in the country, have more money than 92% of the rest of the world combined. That's what you call an uneven distribution, right? Well, wealth is not distributed evenly, but time sure is. Every one of us has 24 hours in a day, 168 hours in every week. We're willing to spend hours and hours to entertain ourselves and or be busy socially or otherwise, but how much time are we willing to spend helping anyone else? There are many high schools and some colleges now that include a requirement that students invest some of their time helping others. I well remember Sarah bringing home a paper from her high school that suggested ways that she could meet that requirement to do a certain amount of volunteer work during the year. One example is that she could bring in the newspaper for an elderly couple, and Sarah said, hey, I do that every day. <laughs> well, each of us has talents or gifts or skills that could be helpful to somebody. If you're not sure what your talents are, that might be useful to someone, ask the people who know you well to name a few of the things that you're particularly good at. I was at a church leadership meeting some years ago, and one lady said, I like to go to the beach. What could you do with that? And right away, the folks that the youth leaders said, the young people of this church like to go to the beach too. Take them. And she did. Well, serving God and your fellow children of God does not have to be some dreary, gloomy, onerous task. Just consider what are the things that you enjoy doing that might be helpful to someone in need. One of our friends takes the flowers from one of the churches in Raleigh, and on Wednesday, she and another friend, they break those flowers up into bouquets and they take them to the folks that are nursing homes who are shut in and visit them. It does not cost them anything but time and a little bit of gas. It's not that hard. We're especially stingy, I think, with the things that cost us nothing. How often do we find ourselves hesitating to give others some praise or encouragement or, or to say thank you? I really don't think I know anybody to need some praise or encouragement once in a while. Even people who seem self assured, maybe even a little cocky, they've got their inner doubts as to whether anybody notices what they do and haunting doubts about whether it matters to anybody. We're especially stingy with that rarest commodity forgiveness. We expect others to forgive us a lot especially if we bother to ask them. But many of us get real stingy when it gets, comes to forgiving other folks. So let me give a challenge to, to myself and to you too, to all of us, to find ways to be generous this week. Well, first of all, forgive somebody, even if they did not apologize, and especially if they don't deserve it. Forgive them anyway. Find a way to spend time with someone who will be blessed by your being with them. That may be in person, it may be on the telephone, but find some way to share some of your time. Find a way to cut somebody some slack. You find yourself good and ready to jump all over somebody's back, spoil their day, good fashion. Just hold that thought, cut them some slack. And then find a way you can do something about some of the problems that we see on TV news or read about in the paper. For example, you can go on the internet and look up Presbyterian Disaster Assistance. It's an easy website, org. Or write me, I'll tell you. There you can read about how our denomination is responding to disasters around the nation, around the world, from flooding they had in Louisiana and West Virginia. I'm not sure whether they've heard about our flooding in North Carolina, Northeastern North Carolina yet, to the crisis in Syria. And they can also tell you how you can give, how you can act, how you can pray for people in need. We also have received from our denomination a giving catalog. It lists a variety of things that, if you want to be generous with somebody in another place, everything from oil to help people stay warm in Syria, which is a place that gets very cold and has a real hard time right now to uh, single parents, to all kinds of other folks, but they have a variety of things and ways that, that you can be generous if you choose. And then be on the way, look out for ways to thank people, encourage them. Everybody likes to be acknowledged in some little way, appreciated. In other words, the short version is do what we read in 1 Timothy. Be rich in the good things you do. Be generous. Share with others so that you may take hold of what is truly life. Thanks be to God. Go out into the world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Return no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the suffering. Practice. Practice, practice. Generosity. And love and serve the Lord. Rejoicing in the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.